What's up, y'all? My name's Lanre, and you're listening to In The Mix, where I get to speak with artists from all over, from all walks of life, about the music industry, our personal lives, and how they mix together. And hey, maybe you'll learn something on the way. This is a place where artists can just be artists. Welcome to In The Mix. Welcome to another episode of In The Mix. My name is Lon Ray, and today I have the pleasure of introducing you to three very talented artists, Saif, Deja, and EJ. How are you guys doing today? I'm great. Doing great. Doing great. Good, good. Um, so yeah, how about you guys just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Um, I'll start off. Uh, yeah, so Saif Boogie from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, born and raised, Brooklyn born, Brooklyn State winning. Uh, I'm a rap artist, songwriter, uh, poet, word philosopher, just uh, jack of all trades. Um, been doing music for over 15 years. Um, very, very dedicated, you know, love my craft, um, mm-hmm. you know, love rap, you know, and I, I love just the artist songwriting, you know, just writing a song, conveying emotion to a song, things of that nature. But yeah. Okay. My name is EJ. I'm an artist, songwriter, rapper, singer, dancer, a lot of other stuff, like bro said, Jack All Trades. Um, I'm from Atlanta, East Atlanta to be specific. Um okay. yeah, I just love I love making music. I love music in general. I love listening to dope music. Um I make a lot of R and B hip hop stuff, but I definitely mm-hmm. try to keep, you know, keep it broad, keep it ears open to everything. So yeah. Yeah. Stuff, man. Um, Deja? Yeah. Hey guys. Um, I go by Dej uh for my stage name, but my name's Deja. I am originally from Georgia, based out of Brooklyn, New York. As of right now, I'm a melodic rapper um and singer-songwriter. I started in spoken word poetry, which kind of eventually evolved into making my poetry into music and fiery flows and I kind of involved into this multi-hyphenate artist where all of my hyphenates kind of deal with storytelling. And that's kind of how I approach music. I approach everything with telling a story. And I think that's music is the way telling stories make the most sense to me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really dope, Deja. And one thing I, I took from all what all of you guys said was, so I just had this conversation about songwriting in general. And I was, uh, someone gave me this tip of when you're writing a song that you should write it out and like, after you write it out, like take all the music away and just say it and see how it like translates without any like musical context. And immediately I was like, oh man, like you can't really do that with a lot of my songs. Like the cut, the musical cues really like help tell the song. I was interested because, uh, you all are songwriters on this call. So like, how would you be able to do that? Like take the music away from your songwriting and almost do it in, I feel like Dej would have the, the best way of doing this, but like take take the music away and just sort of create like a spoken poetry with your songs. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Um, for me, I think I start, I start with my lyrics first. Right. Mm -hmm. Usually when I'm writing, I I talked about this a little earlier in an interview I was doing. I think Mm -hmm. I make myself write in the times that seem uh, the most unwritable. So like when you're angry, you're real sad or like 
uh, like down in the dumps or even when you're like celebrating something you don't feel like writing, but I'm like, nah, I should write about this. Um, mm. So that's usually how I start telling the story is with my lyrics. And then the music comes later. So mm-hmm. I usually find the flow. Uh, I have my lyrics fit the flow of the music, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's production, whether that's instrumentals with my band uh, and we compose it all together. Then mm-hmm. the music tells the story along with the lyrics. Hmm. But yeah, that's like yeah. that. That's kind of how I that's kind of how I start off with that structure. Yeah, that's really inter- interesting. I've never heard that approach before. Yeah. I think, I mean, I also think, I think uh, I've said this too, but I think it came from my background with poetry and just Mm -hmm. uh, my relationship with words in general. Um, Saif, I don't know uh, if you could bounce off of that a little bit too, but like my relationship with words and word psychology and Mm -hmm. how, uh, how I use the words to tell the story itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Well, for my natural talent, you know, um, I started out writing and everything. So writing poetry. Mm -hmm. So um. For me to answer that question, um, I do have songs where it, like, if you took the music away and you read the lyrics, actually, it does look like a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the songs that comes to mind, my own, is, is a song called Traffic, and it's basically mm-hmm. about mental health. And mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking about the uh, review as well, too. It was like, um, one of the reviewers said it does have, like, kind of like a poetry vibe, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I guess how I just describe certain words, but um, yeah, uh, I, I just feel like lyrics are uh medicine for the soul you know depending yeah. on how you relate to it um i'm from one i'm i just love uh songwriters um stevie nicks is one of my favorite songwriters from yeah with matt mm-hmm. and i love landslide from her you know like the way she just writes in that song like that's poetry you know the mm-hmm. imagery that she uses and things like that so um i try to mimic that in my music you know mm-hmm. just that poetry where you could just look at the lyrics you got a kid that just wants to care about lyrics and wants to read lyrics and they see that and like oh wow this is a poem yeah that's what I for. Yeah. yeah that's good yeah EJ? yeah so i know like for me i'm definitely different um i i wish i could do what y'all do but um i i usually am not able to just like come up with words before the music like i have to hear like the beat the music and then come up with some melodies and then come up with the lyrics for it every now and then like i'll i'll like just say something and it sounds good and i'll write it down for later but as far as just like when i'm sitting down writing writing mm-hmm. words first and everything else later that's definitely hard for me um and you know i i probably will try because i've never done what you were saying about like taking the music away and just like listening to the lyrics itself um yeah. i definitely We'll try that to see like like how that sounds. I've never done that before. It's yeah. a fun exercise for sure, I will say. Like it, it's one of mm-hmm. those things that stretches you as a musician. Um and you find a lot of unique ways and you find different pieces of your voice that you didn't know was there when you kind mm-hmm. of uh reach into your soul just to see what words you have there rather than mm-hmm. uh relying on the music itself. Yeah. I think something else that helped me discover that was I also have a background in dance. And that was something okay. that my uh, my dance teacher would do for us. She would tell us, you know, is it the movement dictates the music or does the music dictate the movement? Mm-hmm. And that was something that I kind of took and applied to music itself. And you yeah. find so many different things switching, you know, just switching up the technique sometimes, switching up the tactic mm-hmm. of how you how you make your stuff. Yeah. 
It's like expanding your creativity. It's like diving real deep and just really touching right. all your yeah. creativity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought, oh, go ahead, EJ. No, no, I was just saying I definitely got to try that. Yeah. I, I think I found when you do that, any any part of your craft, right? Like you just do something completely different than how you would usually do it that's when you find like really cool stuff. Like you were mentioning days, just like finding things and words that you never thought could come out of you, you know, and, and finding like sort of the deeper meaning. And that, that kind of leads like really well into like my next question. Like what are some of the techniques, uh, what are some of the techniques that you guys use to keep things fresh? You know, not just like the, uh, the example that I chose, but just, um, you know, what, what are some other techniques? Like it could be through songwriting, performing, you know, whatever, uh, like whatever you guys want to talk about. Well, um, mm-hmm. for me recently, I'm sorry, I hope I ain't cut nobody off. Yeah, you're um, good. Go ahead. Okay. So for me recently, I just um, hire a performance coach. So, you know, um, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty great performer, but um, I read somewhere one time with Denzel Washington, he said that he still took acting lessons. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Denzel Washington, he's in. Yeah. More, like there's Denzel, like, come on, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. you'll be surprised to hear that he still takes acting lessons, but it makes sense. You know, there's yeah. never nothing you can't learn. You yeah. Know? You always want to be the sharpest of the sharp, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Um, recipes Kobe, you know what I'm saying? He still shot in the gym, even wasn't wasn't went any game for LeBron, you know what I'm saying? Um so things like that. So it's like, you know, I just wanted to always keep sharpening my craft, my skills, my live performance skills. And mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, you know, there was things that, you know, my performance coach was able to get out of me, you know, from my early assessments and things like that. More uh dictation, more just like more emotion and things like that things that you know mm-hmm. i brought out but wasn't bringing out enough so right. that, that's one thing to like I, you know i always wanted to liven up my stage show and just add more elements to it yeah so that was big for me yeah that's really cool like kind of going back to the basics almost mm-hmm. of it and then having someone like deconstruct your live performance. That's, that's interesting. I never thought of doing that, but that's definitely this whole podcast has just really like opened up my eyes to like different things that people do, you know, and like, just give me a lot of homework. So yeah. Yeah. For me, I think, uh, especially with the performance aspect, there are a few things that I've started doing recently. Uh, one with my sets, because I've been, I've been doing, uh, some a, a lot more live gigs and things lately and the, i i always feel like i have to ask people i'm like do y'all perform your like the same songs every set that you do because <laughs> you know like i'm trying to figure out i know i don't think the audience gets tired of it, but i'm like i don't know i um so yeah. i need something new i need something fresh and i'm an energy person you know so yeah. like you know every crowd is different right. um and I work off the energy of the crowd, whatever the crowd is giving. But also I've started tweaking my set, my set list um, and just moving around where my songs are on my set list to change mm-hmm. the whole flow of the show and change the story, like the way I'm telling the story of all of the songs put together. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, because, like I said, like my, my background is in uh, dance and also acting. So performing mm-hmm. and being on stage so is something that comes really naturally to me and comes like, uh, I feel at home when I'm doing mm-hmm. it, when I'm up there. So 
I have also started watching different performers that I feel uh, have the the um, just have the qualities that I want to emulate in my own performances. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of start with. And I, I don't think I started with that. I, uh, I always had, I think, trouble growing up as a performer, trying to choose role models of people who I want to be like, because I was always like, I want to be just mm. like myself. I just want to be myself. Right. Um, yeah. But I've started watching a lot of live uh, live concerts, like uh, Kendrick's concert on Hulu was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching, I was watching Homecoming uh, with mm-hmm. Beyonce and uh, uh, just, just live performances and just seeing what these performers are giving that, keeps the attention of these mat like mass amount of crowds where people are mm-hmm. always engaged and never getting bored. And yeah. I'm like, how can I apply that to my own performance? Yeah. Um, and I also ask for feedback. I'm a huge feedback person. Mm-hmm. Uh, feedback from people who come see my shows, people from my friends, I'm a huge feedback person. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's how I kind of keep things fresh. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. I know for like me um, as performing, as far as performing, um, like when I was young, I, I started I started performing. So I started when I was like five, just doing um, different shows around Atlanta, but I was performing other people's songs. So it was definitely like a lot of Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, stuff like that. Um, so whenever I'm like looking for something to kind of give me that ignition, um, I, I try to really just look at people that, I used to perform their songs. So like Michael Jackson, Chris Brown, look at how they like interact with the crowd. Um, you know, just just look at how they're able to keep the, the crowd engaged the entire time. Um, and just try to apply that to my performance. Um, and it's like as far as songwriting, I know I actually do stuff that isn't related to music, but kind of give me that fresh, fresh take on things. So um, I, I like playing basketball, so I'll do that. Um, just just something that kind of not necessarily distracts me from it, but kind of puts my mind somewhere else. Come back yeah. to it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does, man. Because I, I do the same. I don't know about uh, Dejan Saif, but like I, I go to the gym a lot. And yeah. I can tell you right now, I've written some of my best songs on the treadmill because it's <laughs> like... I'm a big, like, I'm one of those people who likes to people watch. So I'll just be like on the treadmill, just like not really staring at anyone in particular, but just kind of like looking at people's mannerisms. And then for some reason, like, it's so crazy. Some reason it'll just like trigger something in my brain. And then I'll just write a whole song out of that, you know? Um, So yeah, that, that, that's cool that you said that. Oh my gosh. Speaking of people watching, I also Mm -hmm. have to agree with that. I've never written a song in the gym. I'm going to try it. I feel like yeah. if I wrote a song on the treadmill, it's just going to be me the whole time trying to tell myself, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I there's a lot losing. of that too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but especially in New York, I, I mm. like to go to, there's this Whole Foods on um, like Fifth Ave, right across from Bryant Park. And there's oh, okay. a huge window there. Mm. And uh I sit there and I do people watch a lot too, because I'm like always wondering what, like what, what stories are happening in people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. based yes. on like how they're moving or what they're doing and kind of, kind of generate some stuff based on that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so cool what we do because 
uh, and again, I was just having this conversation. There's as songwriters, it's almost like our responsibility is to write the stories that people want to listen to, you know, and those, yeah, it's like those untold stories that you pick up from people's uh, body posture or sort of like their, it could be as deep as their family history or whatever it is. And I think as songwriters, we have that, we have a really cool opportunity to, to say that in this really entertaining way. We we yeah. really go through a different you know lens and stuff than than a, you know the natural person you know it's 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 a, it's a superpower I like to think yeah. of it as a superpower yeah <laughs> it really is it really is and uh, one thing you said Dave too that like really uh, caught my attention was how when you study like role models so like when you were talking about Beyonce's concert and Kendrick's like that's something that I've did and I didn't realize that I was doing. And not so much in like their actual like music and things like that, but like just their like stage cues, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's certain things that like they do, like you were mentioning EJ about like how uh, Michael Jackson would point to a crowd and like how Chris Brown would like stop the music sometimes and like just start singing a cappella. I didn't realize it, but like those are things that engage people right and that Mm -hmm. uh keep people entertained i think that's that's such a technical thing that like we kind of know how to do or to look out for that i think when the audience they're never gonna know about that and one uh the reason i bring that up is because it's like i started not being afraid to do more stuff like that because really like the audience has no idea why we're doing that (laughs) or you know what i'm saying like yeah and they've also never like they uh, if they've never seen you perform, like they don't know what to expect. So you can really <laughs> do whatever you want. There's yep. like no limitation to it. I think that's yeah. what's fun yeah. about performing is that when it's so unique to you, you can do whatever it is that you your heart says that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes like to what you were saying about your set list. Like I was kind of doing the same thing. So I, I completely redid my set list um, going into 2023. Uh, so it was more so uh, with the live band. And then I kind of stripped back the band and then I just did drums and performance tracks. And I did that because I saw someone do that at a show last summer. And I was like, man, that must be, you know, that's so different from my live show. Like, I wonder how he does that. And I can't lie to you. It, like the first time I did it, it was really nerve wracking. And I was like, man, I, I don't really relate to this. But the more I warmed up with it, the more I was able to like connect with the set list and the way that my songs were perceived differently. And now it's like I can't even see my show the other way anymore. You know? Yeah. 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 Is your uh, are your is your music heavy on percussion? I'm so interested. How did that how oh, did yeah. that change the sound just doing the drums with the with the tracks? Yeah, so I will say uh, my music's like half and half. So it's kind of um, an EDM pop set that I, I mostly do that with. And then oh, my cool. R&B set. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks. And I still do like the uh, guitar accompaniment just because, you know, it, does, it doesn't really work with drums that well. So, um, but with those, sh- like I do have to pick certain shows that I do that with. Like it definitely can't be like, you know, an intimate acoustic yeah. yeah, But um. Yeah, it's definitely given, you know, like kind of going back to what we were saying before, just having stretching your your brain and, and stretching the way you think about things, I think, is so vital for artists. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Gotta keep it all. Keep yeah. it so sharp on your toes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I want to yeah. pivot 
just a little bit. I like where we're going, but I want to uh, talk more about the music because um, I feel like you guys have some very interesting like backgrounds. And I want to know like what has been your favorite release or what's been your favorite like performance and and sort of why are you so like emotionally connected to it? Hmm. That's a deep question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can go on that because I've only had one song released so far. Um mm-hmm. And that's my first single, Sinister. And uh, I mean, I have a lot of other songs that I'm like playing during my live sets that haven't been released yet. But Mm. I think Sinister is so different from my my other music. I think Sinister is like my that's my raw hip hop bag. And Mm. it was it's my first baby. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's the first one. It took me, uh, you know, over a year to really uh lock it down and get it all recorded Mm -hmm. and stuff and my first music video was with sinister but i think because Mm -hmm. of the way that that song was developed for me i um was at a point where i was trying to find my own artistic confidence and i really hadn't stepped Mm -hmm. into my confidence as a musician yet and Mm -hmm. i was looking at all of these all these other female artists that at the time especially i think it was like what summer of uh might be 2020 summer 2021 something like that but you know all the artists that were hot at that time was like meg and cardi and like i'm like damn like these girls have so much just raw confidence just raw energy and i was like what does my i'm like what does my artistic confidence look like you know what Mm. does my raw energy look like and i wrote sinister and when i wrote it i was like oh this song is going to be something special. I don't know what it's going to, I don't know what's going to come out of it, but it's going to be something special. And uh, it has been the song that has kind of launched me into deciding to continue being a musician and being a music artist. Mm. Um, And it's always a song that gets people hyped at my shows. It's always a song that like people are like the most engaged with. Um, And I think even my, my, like my favorite performance was my most recent one, uh, the Bowery Electric, like, it was just the energy was just popping and it was fire and like there were so many unexpected things happening during the set and most of it was during that song was during sinister um so yeah yeah yeah. i feel like i feel like for me um it i have a song called different and it's basically just about a song about this girl who unfortunately broke my heart and um it just I, i was going through a lot at that time and I just remember like when I was trying to write the song and that the beat came on with the piano and all just all of that like I just bust out crying I was just like it, it was like crazy like I was just crying while I was writing the song like it was just so crazy so like every time I like listen to it it just kind of puts me back in that like I'm not necessarily sad when I listen to it but just like wow like I was able to just just kind of like the beauty of making music, you know, just yeah. taking taking your emotions, taking your experience and just turning that into something that somebody else probably feels as well. Mm-hmm. It was like therapeutic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely feel that. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I had a show at SOB's, a uh, venue in New York called SOB's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I performed there. Oh, dope. That's yeah, really cool. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was like basically in 2020, like right before everything went crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, actually was headlining for not headlining. Um, I was um, on the bill, like opening for um, a rapper named Fred the Godson. Uh, he's mm-hmm. in New York. He passed away during COVID as well too. Mm-hmm. But um, the show was memorable for that reason because you know it was like that was his last show ever he did. Yeah. And then um, for you know the set that I did that night and my song again going back to traffic. Um, mm-hmm. that was my first time performing at um ever. You know what I'm saying um. Mm-hmm. It hadn't even come out yet. So again, like I said, that song was like really about mental health and everything. And it was mm-hmm. just like seeing the crowd connect with it. And, you know, I had them, you know, everybody had the hands waving side to side, had to wave with hands side to side and everything like that. And mm-hmm. really just engaging with them. And I could tell like they 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 felt it, you know what I'm saying? So that was the point to me. And yeah. also I have another song um called Can I Lose If and Stay Winning. So that's mm-hmm. like my motivator you know, that's I, I that's like my if you if somebody you know asks you what's your favorite psych boogie song or what song you would know psych boogie the most by they would say that song. So mm-hmm. and so it's, that's kind of like my thriller, my purple rain in a sense, my signature song. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a motivated song. So I'm doing that song and you know, the the audience love that. Um I even like these people come nuts to me like, hey, that song is dope. And or oh, this song gets me up in the morning because of the the motivational aspect to it. So when mm-hmm. you hear things like that, especially from a live performance aspect, it's like it just it just it, it reminds you why we do this for. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, service to people, you know, helping people through rough times or motivating people or, you know, whatever, you know. So yeah. I took pride in that. I really did. Yeah. There's something special yeah. when you get that like instant feedback that you're talking about days like from right after a, per- a performance, you know, so, and when you when someone says, man, I've really identified with the lyrics or, you know, so, for me, sometimes I, I explain the song before I sing it. So I'm like, hey, this song is about, you know, mental health or this song is about a first love or things like that. And when someone can directly like understand that and like say like man i really i uh i relate to it because of x you know like that that to me when i started performing that that to me was like the most mind-blowing part of it because i didn't know that that you know like even as someone in the audience i don't know if i ever like really experienced like that deep before and when someone can relate to your music that you know for me I write my music in my bed so I'm like you know it's crazy how like the world works where someone can relate to something that I wrote uh you know miles away from when they heard it you know yeah yeah and so we're talking about like our favorite songs or the, the songs that we have like the most connections to and I so for me, I do have that kind of like Purple Rain thriller song for, I guess, this time in my career, like you do, Saif. And it's so hard because when you have like a successful song like that and but you want to you're growing as an artist, you're growing as a person. For me, that song was a song that I released in 2020. Right. How how do you guys deal with sort of not comparing your music to that? You know, and not comparing the success and, and kind of saying, okay, that song or that project was that project. This is me today. And this is what I'm doing today. And like trying not to, because comparing yourself to other people is one thing, but comparing yourself to yourself and to your past work is like, I feel like that's so very uniquely an artist experience. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see how how y'all deal with that. I, I just keep writing, you know, it's like, cause you know, 
you don't know what's going to hit. You don't know what's going to, you know, I didn't know that song was going to hit. Like, oh, can I lose Brooklyn State winning? But it says you just don't. I, I think it's a way of just not keep it, getting your mind trapped into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. you can either go back into that. That's like, you know, hey, this one, this song was a hit. I could just easily try to duplicate that, make it a sequel. But, you know, it, it never works that way. Right. So mm-hmm. I would say just. You know, it might sound generic, but I'm just being real. Just, just keep, mm-hmm. just keep creating. Yeah, <laughs> just do what you, right. best, right? you know what I'm saying. Like that's the best thing you could do. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, I go ahead, EJ. Sorry, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I just to piggyback off the of side. Yeah, I agree. Definitely keep creating. I think mm-hmm. for me, I personally have come upon a point in my life where I'm always trying to allow myself the space to meet myself wherever I am, whether Mm. that's whatever different version of myself uh, happens to show up today or whatever season that I'm in, Mm. I allow that to flow so that I'm never comparing myself to a past version of myself because Mm. that version of myself, uh, that version of myself no longer exists. So comparing myself to uh i guess a piece of art that i made at a different point in my life uh seen uh, for me is is uh counterproductive to moving forward into the artist that i want to be so um and if i'm constantly shaping that and i'm constantly discovering and exploring what that is um Mm -hmm. i feel like even if i'm worried about audiences i feel like my my audiences or the people who support me will appreciate that just as much so uh, i definitely agree with keep creating and keep creating with where you are and uh at the at the version of yourself that that you are with today that was poetic i love yeah that that was really beautiful (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah just to kind of piggyback on what both of y'all said um I feel like you definitely just have to keep creating. Um, I have a song called Dying Trying, just kind of like what you guys were saying, that Thriller, Pepper Rain song. And I, I I just, my my only problem is like, I always just try to figure out like, how long is it to stop promoting it in a sense? Like, okay, it's been eight months and people are really loving that song. Who have heard it, but like, is it, get to a point where, okay, you need to stop promoting it or like just keep promoting it so new people can hear it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's the only problem I really have. Um, but I don't necessarily think of like, oh, let me try to get back into that space to recreate that song. You know, that song is that song and it kind of stands by itself. So you just have to create, you know, just another song that no necessarily think of, oh, I'm trying to, create a song at that level of success because that's not how you were thinking you made that song right. you know so just right. just keep creating and it'll, it'll just naturally come yeah and I, I think you said something so interesting ej because one of the other things that i've gotten advice on is that your music no matter how old it is to you it's going to be new to somebody right mm-hmm. so it's like we know you know like this song has been released like three years ago but to someone who it just pops up on their Spotify, this is their 2023 band or jam, you know? <laughs> and I think for, so it's kind of, it, it's a weird position that we're in, right? Because we do have to, when we're performing these songs, these people are hearing it for the first time. So yes, 
you know, they're, they're not who we were or they're not who we are, but we're trying to still explain a story um, that we were so attached to once upon a time, you right. know, and trying to relay that same message. So it's interesting. It's really, it's a really interesting um, like dilemma almost. Yeah. yeah. I think the fun thing too about being a musician is when you do create something and put something out there, it, mm-hmm. it it's going to outlive you. Like it'll, yep. it's mm-hmm. always going to be there in the ether kind of existing, <laughs> even mm-hmm. when, even when we no longer do so. Yeah, that's the yeah. cool thing about it. Yeah. I love that part of music actually. Like it's like, you know, it's like, you know, your thought, your thoughts, your voice, your, you know, whatever you feel is living on for, you know, whoever connects with it. And I think like that's the gift that just keeps on giving. Yeah. yeah. I with that so much. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important, like as musicians, that we put we're very thoughtful about what we put out. And I feel like the mm-hmm. three of you definitely are. So it's like, you you guys don't have to worry about that. But I feel like there's a lot of musicians out there today who aren't being as thoughtful, right? And not being yeah. as thoughtful and that have huge influences in some cases, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, so we're kind of winding down here and like, I really love the conversation and I've learned a lot just from like listening to you guys talk. So I really appreciate you guys like sharing your, your gems with me and with the audience. Um, but I want to know more about what you guys have coming up and what our listeners can expect from you coming next, like live performances, releases, all that good stuff. And then also where they can find you on social media and uh, anyone uh, can start. I, I, I got, um, so yeah, um, site boogie, site boogie 24 on Instagram. Uh, my website is www.siteboogie24.com, C-I-P-H-B-O-O-G-I-E-24.com. And um, I have a release, um, I would say about like June. It's called Something Something New. It's uh it's it's different from me. So I, you know, I, I want people to like, you know, you know, the people who 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 know my music, whatever, you know, to tap in and, and even new fans and everything like that. But it's something different that I believe, you know, they're gonna like. Yeah. And Brooklyn State Money. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So yeah, um, EJ, EJ Rodman, y'all can follow me on Instagram and all the other socials at EJRODMON. Um, I just released an album about two months ago, so it's a lot of new music coming, um, actually in June as well. I got this song called Forever that I'm really liking that I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and put out there. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of new music coming, a lot of performances this summer, going to be outside, and uh, yeah. Good stuff, and Dej? yeah um okay so you can find me on instagram i always sing this at my shows at d.e.j.a.a it's a lot so i always sing it that's d.e.j.a okay um on my website uh it's deja d-e-j-a d green.com um and for me i have a show coming up this Friday. Um, if you're in Brooklyn, it's called Tiny Nook. Um, it's, a, it's a concert series actually that I'm producing. It's a Tiny Desk style concert series for local performers, just providing high value performance opportunities. So you don't have to wait to get to that national uh, scale to have a Tiny Desk concert. So it's called Tiny Nook. Um, and then I'll also be performing at Bowery Electric June 14th. Um, in terms of releases, I'm planning to release uh, hopefully two songs later this summer, um, a song called Me Too, 
um, very relationship based, slow jam. Um, I think like, you know, think doo-woppy, uh, very, very different from my first release, Sinister, which is very raw hip hop. Uh, this is a lot more uh, soulful and R&B. And uh, I have another song called Day 7 that is uh, spoken word based with uh, a sample of uh, Ultralight Beam by Kanye West. So. Definitely going to be looking out for that and congrats to everything that you guys have going on. Um, and please like listeners go follow them and tap in with them. These artists have a lot going on and it's like good stuff. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining me today for another episode of in the mix. My name is Lanre and I'll catch you on the next episode. Right. Thank you. Lanre. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys. You. Thank you. Man. All right. Have a good one. Bye.